Welcome everyone to Latinos in Clinical Research, our December webinar. Today we are here with Will Krugman, who is um, going to be talking about patient um, recruitment advocacy um, and kind of give us a little bit about his background, what he does in that area. Um, and we're here also as well with Ashley and Chris, I believe uh, a few of our other co-founders. I don't believe anybody else has joined, but hopefully they'll trickle in in the next couple of minutes. Thank you for being here with us today. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, Will, thank you also for being here. I wanted to say that your background is quite amazing and I'm really excited to hear more about it. So if you wanna just introduce yourself and we'll kind of roll through there. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. I've been following Latinos in clinical research um, on LinkedIn and other socials for a while. Um, and I'm happy to get an opportunity to talk with you all. Um, so I started working in clinical research in during the pandemic. Um, Prior to that, I worked in marketing and communications agencies for um, most of my career, uh, working in both healthcare and non-healthcare related industries. Um, so, you know, I've done public relations for Walmart and Amazon. I've done consumer marketing for uh, for various companies, um, and I've I've worked in um in student recruitment for uh, the Department of Labor. Um, a few other experiences that I think were really um, informative and in, in shaping the way that I approach clinical trials are um, some community engagement projects that I worked on early in my career. Um, I worked for the Metro Nashville Public uh, Planning Department, and our goal was to create a 25-year planning plan for the, uh, for the city. Um, and, you know, our role in that was to talk to everybody in Nashville about what they wanted to see in their city and how we can build um, a, a an equitable, prosperous city moving forward. And so I learned a ton about how to talk to people about important issues and how to build alliances, um, reaching out to faith-based groups and advocacy groups, um, all of these uh, you know, critical uh, audiences and, and perspectives that we needed to hear from that I think really apply to any kind of community engagement campaign, and especially with clinical research. Um, as you all well know, you know it, it takes everyone to make sure that a clinical trial works and reaches enrollment and has a representative um, group of patients involved. So that was really, uh, that was really important for me um, early in my career. And um, yeah, as I mentioned, um, started working at Clinical Research Associates in 2020. I had just finished business school and there was a pandemic and I was looking for a job. So it all of the stars sort of aligned at the right time. And um, I've known the owner of CRA almost my entire life. Um, and she thought that I might be able to help with some patient recruitment using the PR and community engagement skills that I gained over my career, um, plus a little bit of the uh, the analytics and the the business side that I learned at, at Vanderbilt when I was in business school, which I think really combined uh, nicely to form kind of a, um, I don't know if it's a unique approach to patient recruitment and engagement, but um, I, it's definitely successful. And uh, it's something that I'd love to talk more about how we approach it and how we think about it. Um, and some of the experiences that I bring from the consumer world I think really should be applied in some cases to clinical trial patient recruitment, um, just in terms of um, kind of being the, the the servant to your to your customer and uh, customer in this case. I don't really mean the uh, the sponsor companies that that are technically our clients, but really the the patients because those are the people that are making the hard decisions to enroll in the study. And I believe that it's our responsibility to do everything we can to make it easy for them to enroll and accessible for them. So 
um, that's just a little bit about me. I'm happy to, to go into more and um, looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for your work. That's awesome. Such a great background. Um, I know that this is kind of an area that I, I think is gaining even much more attention as of recent, just because of the diversity and the push for that. It should have always been there, right? But nonetheless. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I'm sure Judy has quite a lot of questions because she's a site owner. She's a huge advocate on this, uh, on the end at her site. Um, but one of the things mm -hmm. that I'm curious about is um, with all your background experience and now being in research, what are some of the components that are similar and that have you've been able to transition into research that have really helped you with your role? Hmm, that's an, that's an interesting question. Um, so a lot of the skills that I developed are, are, you know, marketing, advertising, and public relations. And those tie in really well to patient recruitment. Um, you know, for example, I know how to run a, a Facebook ad campaign a lot better than a lot of other folks in the industry. Um, I know how to do um, a public relations campaign, which has been incredibly helpful, um, reaching out to members of the media, developing um, relationships in that way, I think is really important. And, um, you know, understanding how to use your budget in the most effective way, because I know everybody has really, you know, tiny marketing budgets uh, that are sponsor provided and getting the best use out of those, I think is, is really important. Um, things like audience building and audience targeting, writing to your audience are incredibly important, knowing who they are. Um, and understanding what their problems are and how you as a business can solve them um, or at least offer them something um, and things like that. Um, really just understanding how to uh, to craft a message and to make sure that the right people hear it at the right time and give them an opportunity to act. <clears throat> oh, sorry, Judy, we're going to say something. <laughs> Okay. No, actually, I was going to ask you, um, I know you mentioned the, the last part. Is there a specific communities that you're focused in that you work with um, certain centers, certain therapeutic areas? Have you tr tried everything oh, sure. pretty much in every <laughs> condition? Yeah. Um, so uh, my business has been around for more than 30 years and we've done every, you know, in clinical trials and almost every indication you can think of except for HIV and cancer. Uh, just for background, uh, we are an independent trial site. Um, we have one location in Nashville, um, and we've been, uh, doing this for, well, since 1990. So, you know, 33, 34 years, um, right now we're focusing on a lot of, uh, vaccines, um, as we have been since 2020, um, RSV, COVID, flu, um, every kind of combination that you can think of with those. Um, and we're getting on the, um, on the, the, the bandwagon for the weight loss drugs that are becoming uh, more popular, uh, semaglutide, Ozempic, uh, Wegovy, those sorts of things. Um, and we've done, you know, uh, stop smoking, heartburn, acid reflux, um, diabetes, really uh, almost everything that you can think of over the, you know, last three decades. But since I've been there, it's mostly been vaccine work. And your question about communities, um, you know, we're focused in Nashville. So really anybody that has an interest in the public health of Nashvilleians, I think is somebody that can be an ally for us. Um, we've worked a lot with um, the Harry Medical College. I see Dr. Caldwell is on uh, the call. Um, Dr. Caldwell is an investigator at CRA, as well as a professor at Meharry Medical College. Um, and for those that don't know, Meharry is the oldest HBCU medical school in the Southeast. So since the pandemic, we've been working together to raise awareness about clinical trials in their 
um, student body who are the future leaders of medicine in America, um, as well as their providers. They're, they're closely tied to the Nashville General Hospital. Um, so we see a lot of um, referrals from, from that sort of relationship. And um, Nashville just has a very big, diverse community. We have um, a large Hispanic population as well. We're closely aligned with uh, an organization called the Hispanic Family Foundation, um, which we've done lots of events with in the past. And in, um, you know, in 2020, we had a, a town hall with our medical director and um, the public health director, who also happened to be Michael Caldwell at the time. Um, so it's um, everybody, I think, needs to have a place. And, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're a small business at the end of the day. So our hands are a little bit tied. And sometimes we, you know, we're so busy, we, we want to do the best job that we can. So um, really every kind of organization that we that we want to work for work with is located in Nashville but it's just how many hours are there in a day how how can we possibly reach everybody Oh yeah for yeah. sure oh, go ahead you say I'm sorry I wanted to ask and what have you found has been the most successful approaches and I'm sure it's more than one because I know that in our community that's what it is but yeah. is it more community outreach physician combination both with the advertising uh, what have you noticed or does it depend on the condition so as well? I think it really has to be a combination of everything um and I know that might kind of sound like a cop-out but it's true um because as an independent trial site, we don't have physicians that work directly for us. We only see patients for clinical trials. So developing the relationships with our, our local healthcare community is incredibly important uh, to help build trust. Um, and at the same time, you have to back that up with, um, in my opinion, paid advertising and really aggressive, uh, well, aggressive might not be the, the right word, but really, um, really powerful marketing campaigns to capture that interest and not let people forget about it because, you know, you can get a referral from a physician or you can hear about CRA um, through a friend who had a good experience. And then we need to do the best job that we can in, in targeting those folks with um, with the appropriate advertising on Instagram or Facebook or Google or wherever they may be so that they have a chance to, um, you know, to really consider it. Um, it's one thing to raise awareness. You know, we talk about a marketing funnel. Um, and, at, and at the very top, you need to raise as much awareness about your your cause or your um, your product or your service as you can, um, and then follow that up with a with an opportunity to um, to sign up for a study um, and to um, you know make sure that you continue to reach people because you know somebody's not going to do that on the first time they hear about it. They might, but that's rare. Um, it's important to continue to um, message and and be in touch with folks all along that path. Um, I actually have a question too. Um, so I think, you know, so you guys are, you're in Nashville, right? Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm from Texas and yeah. I know that depending, you know, on the region, sometimes there's, you know, there's obviously a need for diversity everywhere, but in some mm -hmm. regions, it's not as difficult with certain diverse populations as others. So I'm curious in Nashville, um, how, uh, more specifically with Latinos, obviously with LICR, um, mm -hmm. How would you say is the engagement with the Latino uh, population and research and actually getting interaction, yeah. you know, because this is, I think, you know, um, I feel like well, at least what we're hearing is just, you know, there's on the diverse end, it's really growing on many populations, but in Latinos, it's still, you know, kind of trickling in slowly. And so I'm just curious how that works for you guys in Nashville. Um, sure. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, first, I think that 
the response that we've gotten from the Hispanic community in Nashville has been very positive and very open. And I think that people, no matter what their background are, have more or less an equal um, an equal interest in, in clinical studies. There might be different things that we need to talk about with different audiences um, to, you know, ease fears or to, um, you know, build on the the mistrust that it's, that has been developed over, you know, a long period in this country. And not to brush any of that under the rug. I think it's in incredibly important to build trust um, because let's be honest. I mean, people have been hurt by clinical trials in this country in the past. And those are real experiences that are, that have happened to people that are still alive and with us today. Um, but that being said, I think especially since 2020, uh, there is a lot of interest in understanding why it's important to participate in a clinical trial. And I think that there's a more openness to um, to be involved. Um, I mentioned the Hispanic Family Foundation earlier that has been a great partner with us. Um, and their leaders are incredibly interested in what we're doing and have been so welcoming having us on their radio show and their uh, annual breakfast to um, uh, talk about clinical research and present it to somebody that may not have heard about it before. Sure. Um, and I wanted to say, so there's sort of the, in the industry, I think there uh, there's a number that's going around that says basically 5% of all people are interested in clinical trials. Um, you might've heard that number somewhere before. Uh, I've certainly read about it a lot. And as a marketer, what I think when I hear 5% of the of people are interested in clinical studies, I'm thinking that, oh my God, that is so many people in this country um, who, who could be a clinical trial patient if they knew about an opportunity near them, um, if they knew a physician that was doing a clinical study, and if um, they thought they might have an opportunity to participate. So I really see it as my job to be kind of the person with the bullhorn saying, Listen, we have clinical trials. We want you to be a part of it. And I will work with anybody that is um, aligned on that. Um, and it's not just the community engagement. It's also, you know, knowing where people receive their news. It's about knowing where people interact um, when they're online and being able to um, to reach those uh, those outlets in a way that um, that is accessible to everyone. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and that's great. I mean, I think, I think that's really awesome as far as like how you, the engagement. Um, so I'm personally, I'm a, I'm a cu curious person in regards to, you know, um, so one of the things that I've noticed being, you know, both at site zero and sponsor, there tends to be kind of like mm -hmm. silos, right? Where some departments are sure. here, some departments are there. And so I'm curious as, as far as like, you know, um, you know, CRA, um, you know, is the, um, the communication like whole not just with you know you guys are the sites but like internally is there yeah. a huge push on you know translation obviously because i think on the diverse side um aside from maybe one or two groups for the most part everything will really run on on making sure we have accurate translations and resources given to patients right and so Absolutely. um you know i used to be on you know the um you could say the assistant end at the site level. And I know that me personally, when I was at the site, I never really spoke with anybody on the marketing end. And even so mm -hmm. at a CRO level and definitely now at a sponsor, like it's not, it's not really often. So I'm just curious, you know, if, if, um, you know, that collaboration, you know, if uh, in your previous experiences, if it's there and, and if that's something that, you know, should always be kind of worked on and all of those good things. Yeah, uh, we're a tight group, and I rely on the uh, the healthcare providers at my company to really um, to really power up our, our communications because 
some of the most effective things that we can do are tell the stories of real people and um, show why they decided to enroll in a study. So I rely on our nurses and our doctors to tell me about people that have really interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was um, a, when we were doing a pediatric COVID-19 study, there was a, a football player at a local high school that was enrolled in our study. And he, uh, you know, he really wanted to encourage his peers to be in it as well. So, you know, our nurse told me about this guy. He said, he's, you know, it's so amazing. He's so charismatic. And we'd love to, you know, share that with you. So that's, you know, just really important to, um, I think, for the marketing and communication side to really know their nursing staff and their um, their medical staff, because they're really going to be either, you know, your greatest advocates or, you know, your worst enemy. <laughs> and you don't want yeah. you don't want the latter. Um, you really want to show them the value that you can provide as a, as a storyteller mm-hmm. um, to enhance and make their job easier, because my job really is to give them work. Um, I'm looking to help patients enroll in these studies, um, you know, as quickly and efficiently and safely as possible. And if I'm doing that, that means that the nurse doesn't have to take time out of their day to call patients or, you know, learn how to run a Facebook ad or, um, or something along those lines. Um, I, I will say I, sometimes we, the, um, uh, for example, uh, um, a news broadcaster will want to talk to one of our nurses or our medical director and, you know, being healthcare people, they're not necessarily super excited about mm-hmm. being on the news or, or talking to folks, but they, um, you know, they're, they're willing to work with it because um, I think they, that we're able to have an open line of communication and talk about why this is important. And, you know, hopefully I've been winning some allies. I don't know if I always am, but um, I think that it's just important to, to stay on base there. Um, you know, we're, we work in the office, um, full time. I, you know, I wasn't super excited about that when I first started, but really, you know, being present in the office, I think is, uh, has really helped, mm-hmm. um, build the relationships between sort of the business side and the, um, and the nursing staff as well. And I'll also say we have a really fantastic recruitment team as um, that kind of closes all of the, the loops, um, my role is more in, in finding the people to encourage them to sign up. And then we have recruiters that will call them and do the pre-screening over the phone so that there's kind of a division of labor there that really mm-hmm. streamlines the whole process for us. That's great to hear that you guys have a process. Um, I do think like, uh, you know, prior to being in research, I was in the clinical industry for, I would say 11 to 13 years. And mm-hmm. um I know that sometimes, you know, as far as, you know, how processes are, sometimes it's like, you know, it's done one way and it kind of stays that way. And I feel like when yeah. it comes, at least when it comes to the, the Latino population, I know that on the medical end, right, um, it's it's very hard, um, especially the older generation, to get them to really, you know, speak out and or speak to individuals about you know new or different options that aren't coming necessarily from their 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 well-known family physician you know mm-hmm. and and so i have always felt that you know outside of just you know community engagement that another thing that i don't hear as often being talked about is you know actively finding these you know um latino uh, medical organizations you know, also within the region, but even, you know, sure. nationally, right. Sure. And actively trying to communicate with them and potentially finding a pathway through there. Right. It's, it's, 
I do, I do feel and hear uh, after all these interviews that we've done, you know, it's, yeah. it's always finding, trying to find those new extra ways, right. To, to get, not just to find patients, but also to gain mm-hmm. trust and, and all of that in the community. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so excited about our partnership with Meharry. Um, we're, we're working with them to, to train all of their doctors in clinical trials before they graduate so that when they, um, when they do grow up and, grow up, you know what I mean, graduate um, at from med school, they have that experience and they know firsthand what it's like to run a clinical trial. So either, you know, they can do it themselves or they, uh, they know somebody that, um, that can run a clinical trial. Uh, Doing some research over the summer, I found, um, I think a study from Tufts that said, I'm paraphrasing, but basically, um, 98% 98% of doctors say that they would recommend a patient to a clinical trial if they, you know, knew of one. But when it came to actually doing it, less, you know, doctors recommended less than one patient on average per year across the country. Um, and kind of going further into that paper, it, there was a lot about how, um, you know, doctors recommend people to to other doctors that they know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't really know somebody that runs a clinical study or you don't run them yourself, then how are you going to recommend that? So, you know, we have an open call to any medical professional in in the state, really. Uh, come take a tour of Clinical Research Associates, get to know us, um, you know, learn about clinical trials. Um, and we'll we'll talk about, you know, any concerns you might have. You know, it's, it's really, like you said, about um, building those bridges and giving people an opportunity to learn about um, what what's really happening in clinical trial. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to add, that's really important what you said, um, because I think what you mentioned is something like I'm doing in my community. I think a lot of other people, other sites in their community, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a little easier to do, but it's been a lot more challenging for a lot of us. Um, My community, most physicians have never worked in research. Um, They don't have research centers. Um, There's very few research centers in my community. So we've been proactively trying to work more with them whether if they join as an investigator or maybe just get educated about research, refer patients, they don't have time to be an investigator or something in between. Um, Could we be more present in their office, share this information? Um, It's really hard for them to do it because they're so busy running the clinic, right? How can we be an extension of their office in a sense? Um, But that's a lot of work because it requires a team. You know, you have a team, I have a little team as well. Um, and not every research center can do it, but I think it's extremely important to get more exactly. physicians, more clinics um, involved in research in any capacity, because then if they do know about these trials, they are more willing to talk to their patients about it. And their patients might be more willing to participate. They might be more open to it. Um, and that's a lot of, I think, if we can do more of that, it would change the way we would recruit for clinical trials. It's just a lot of work. Yeah, yeah <laughs> 1,000%. Um, and, and how do you know really how, how often to, you know, reach out to a physician if they say, yeah, of course, I'd love to, I don't, I don't know if this happens to you a lot, but it happens with us where, um, we'll, we'll have a a meeting with a medical director or a physician at a practice nearby. Um, and they'll say, yeah, of course, like, we'd love to, um, learn more about clinical trials, give us your information and you can even go and, you know, give a presentation to their, their whole staff. Um, and then, you know, a couple of weeks go by, a couple of months go by and we notice, hey, we haven't really heard from them. We haven't gotten any patients referred there. So what's the deal? And, you know, you reach back out and they say, oh, sorry, you know, we're just really busy. And that's just the way it goes a lot of the times. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, I definitely feel your pain. And that's why I think it's important to uh, kind of complement that physician outreach and that really kind of deep community building and trust building with um, targeted um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads, Google ads that can really kind of close that gap because maybe the uh, the doctor didn't mention it to their patient and the patient just didn't decide to um, to come yeah. um, or to uh, to call you guys. So, you know, um, if you can then hit them in the next couple of days with uh, with an ad that's relevant to them, that speaks to a problem that they have, whether it be, you know, I forgot to get my flu shot or I, um, you know, I have acid reflux and nothing works for me. I have a migraine um, and nothing works for me. If you can hit that person with an ad within the next couple of days, um, you know, after their doctor's visit, then that is, um, you know, I think that's going to be successful. Yeah, I actually was curious, um, um, given given how you know large you guys are, is it do you find it easy or if, even even if excuse me, even if the scenario were to come up where you need actual like media, have you guys had scenarios mm -hmm. where you're actually able to bring in? Uh, media from like community like news news outlets and things like that because i do feel just in general um in yeah. every state that we could use more of that aspect i mean but you know people tend to find that or organizations tend to find that that's a, a hard barrier sometimes to come across right because yeah and it's intimidating mm -hmm. you know you see the nightly news every night and i i think pr especially kind of has a, a negative connotation with it you know you don't need pr and something bad happened but it can also be um, a great platform to tell stories. Um, we were on the, uh, the front page of our local daily newspaper, Tennessean, um, three times during the pandemic when we started the COVID-19 clinical trials and um, cannot remember the second one, but the third one, we had given the first vaccine in the state of Tennessee at our trial site. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a moment of hope. It was a moment of, you know, kind of a conclusion to this, you know, horrible pandemic that we had all been living through. Um, and we were able to tell the story of, you know, the physician that had the placebo and eventually, you know, got the, uh, the vaccine. And it, that's such a powerful tool because people hear about a clinical trial in the most positive possible way. Um, you know, this doctor is saving people's lives, not just in the exam room, but you know, by participating in a study. And if he can do it, maybe I can do it. And, um, you know, that, that kind of thing hopefully only happens once in a lifetime, but there are other ways you can tell stories as well. And honestly, I could do an hour long uh, webinar it's just about <laughs> media relations, um, just so we can talk about ways you can approach and build relationships with your local media. I mean, it's similar to the way that you would want to do it with physicians. Um, but the media can be such a powerful and helpful tool for you. Um, if you, you know, know a reporter or if you know a news producer and you have a new, you know, we're, we're doing the studies for, um, you know, some weight loss medicine that's been in the news quite a bit recently. Um, and wouldn't it be great if we could say, hey, so-and-so news reporter from, you know, local Channel 4, um, would you like to learn about how this medicine is being tested to make sure that it's safe and effective for everyone? Um and, you know, you might get turned down, but you might not. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so they'll, they'll come out to your, your clinic and say, hey, so what's going on here? Can I get a firsthand look at what, it, what a clinical trial really is? And, and think about that. I mean, um, 
when you think about the cost of running an ad on on TV, which can be tens of thousands of dollars, uh, you can get that same audience. Uh, you can reach that same audience for virtually no cost. You know, there's, of course, um, you know, staffing and fixed mm -hmm. costs and the time that you take out of your day to do it. But um, that is um, it's just one of the most po most powerful and potent ways to tell your story. Your, your local news, I guarantee you, wants to know what's going on at a clinical trial site. Um, they are, you know, they're people with jobs just like you and me, and they want to do something interesting. They want to do something unique. Um, and if you can offer them this, you know, it's it's especially since the pandemic, something that um, people have a lot of interest in. Um, and if you can frame it in a way that makes their makes it seem like their audience would be interested in it, which I guarantee you can. Um, and if you need help, you know, feel free to reach out to me and I'd, I'd, be, I'd love to you know, help you write a press release or um, or a pitch to a reporter um, because they really can be such uh, such good partners. For sure. Thanks, Will. Um, we actually have a hand raised from Michael Caldwell. Oh. Hi, thank you for raising your hand. Hey, Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Can you yes. hear me okay? Yes. Hello. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you so much for hosting this uh, uh, webinar tonight. And I couldn't be more pleased than to see your uh, great guest tonight, Will Krugman from <laughs> Clinical Research Associates of Nashville. I, I have to say that uh, my experience, having been the public health director in Nashville during COVID, trying to bring trials in when I first met Will, to now being at Maharian Medical College and, and also working with uh, Will Krugman at Clinical Research Associates also as a, an investigator. I have been so impressed with their outreach, but particularly to the Hispanic community. And, and in particular, we have uh, a very vibrant and growing Hispanic community here in Nashville and uh, headed by the Hispanic Family Foundation. And I, I'd like Will to talk a little more about that, but let me just draw your attention to maybe in your notes, you could put the Clinical Research Associates website, the, the little um, video they have to talk about how people could get interested in clinical trials is uh, one of the people that are highlighted is somebody of Hispanic origin who literally was a translator at one of our events talking about the COVID vaccine, who got so inspired to learn and felt like they needed to like contribute. And I, I feel it's, it's such a testament to just be trying to reach out to the community, identify the community and trying to let people know there's a need. We need you and, and please help us so that we can help others in the community. So Will, I, I wonder if you could just speak for a few minutes about how that relationship developed and that video and make sure that you, you add that to your notes. So thank you. Sure. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Sure. Um, so your question, I think, was about how we started working with HFF and, and Jackie. Um, well, you know, flash flashback to 2020, we're working on these COVID-19 vaccines. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting a trial by fire in what a clinical trial really even is. Um, you know, really my first couple of weeks on the job. But we found there were so many groups and organizations that wanted to learn what was going on. Can you just please tell me what's going to happen with this vaccine? Are we going to get it this year? It, because I hear that vaccines normally take 10 years to develop. So, you know, could you imagine? But um, one of the um, 
Oh, wait, sorry. Um, Michael, I think you invited us to go to a, a drive-through that HFF was organizing to provide materials um, like diapers, clothes, formula for new mothers um, that they that this group normally has inside, but had been converted into a drive-through. But we, during this event, we got to hand out materials to talk about, you know, the clinical trials that are that were really just beginning at that point in time. I think this was maybe September or August 2020, um, and you know, we got to know. Um, Monica and, and Diane, who are sort of the, the leaders of that organization, and just got to talking and it kind of came up that, you know, they would like to learn more about clinical trials. So Dr. Caldwell and I um, worked with, with them and with our medical director, Dr. Stephen Sharp, to have a um, sort of a, a town hall style event at their location called Plaza Mariachi, which is sort of a, um, a converted... Um, mall that is a, also a community center. So that was live and it was broadcast on their their socials and with um, a local media partner called Nashville Noticias, uh, which is a Spanish language um, kind of digital newspaper. Um, I think they're print as well. But that was uh, that's sort of how that started. And that was, um, you know, a long time ago. Just it's I hadn't thought about how that began in a long time. But that was really um, a good uh, a good start to a, a helpful relationship awesome. and i can I, share a link to um uh, oh God. yes yes please share, uh, if you can share a link i'd love to know more about this organization mm -hmm. yeah we're always trying to hey perla oh, we're always trying to um you know get associated and linked um LACR, especially towards the end of the year, we tend to get a little bit more busy because we're uh, internally, though, um, because of all the things that we're sure. working on to bring on for the new year. And one of the things is definitely trying to be uh, more involved with the community and try to find more more efficient ways to be able to bring that to to our community, our memberships. And um, Perla, you have a definitely have a, a community background as well, as well. And so it's great to have you here. But um, yeah, so really appreciative for you guys having the time today and for sharing that with us. You know, there's a lot of need. Um, you know, I personally, honestly, have not came across uh, many organizations in Nashville that are, mm -hmm. you know, pushing towards and for the Latino community. I'm sure there's there's quite a few, but, you know, you guys are the first one. So sure. really happy to have you. Um, and oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And, you know, everything it is that you're doing. Um, there is an organization, uh, Judy uh, do you remember the name? It's with Dr. Rios, National Health Hispanic oh, Foundation. Um, yes, Medical National Hispanic Medical Foundation, something yes. similar. Um, don't quote me on that. I think it's like four names. Yes. Um, that I think they're focused on um doing stuff for for physicians in the Hispanic community who are you know going to school or are already physicians, but also. Something oh, yeah. that they added, I think, the past couple of years is doing more in clinical research about education mm -hmm. and providing more information to those physicians or those in training. Yes. Uh, so and they're trying to they're Absolutely. trying to connect doctors within their mm -hmm. regions too. So if that's something you guys are actively doing and offering to doctors, I definitely suggest you guys reach out to that organization. They respond sure. very well. Yeah, if you have well. a connection or can make an introduction, that would yeah. go a lot, you know, a lot further than you know, cold email. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, I, it's Yvonne. I forget, I keep forgetting Yvonne's last name, but uh, it's Yvonne. I'll definitely do a connection. Um, I'll, 
you know, tag Sure. you on LinkedIn for sure. So you guys can, I mean, that's one of the great things, right. Of being able to, to do this in the community. We know people, you know, people being able to, you know, get Yeah. us all connected as quick as possible and bring it back to the Mm patients. hmm. Right. Cause it's, that's where it matters. Um, there's also, um, an organization, uh, Judy, uh, what is it? The engage conference engagement conference. Hmm. Do you remember uh, we're on that? That's with Monair or Monique. Um, Is it the, is it the Monaire SEAL group? from Monera, the Engagement there you go. Alliance. Yes, Freda, thank No, you. it's a site bridge. Yes. They're in, uh, here in North Carolina where I'm Yes. at. So, and there, there, there's going to be, uh, from my understanding, there's going to be a lot of community engagement organizations. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's, it's in North Carolina. However, you know, Cool. you don't, we don't know how far these organizations uh, reach. Right. And so Mm-hmm. if that's something that, you know, uh, would be of helpful to you guys as well, I mean, anything we can do to really, get as much as we can to different regions of this of the US for our Latino patients. Yeah, um, we're part of a group called Tennessee SEAL, uh, C-E-A-L, uh, the Community Engagement Alliance. Um, again, it was originally formed to fight against COVID-19, um, organized by the Mary um, Medical College, the Tennessee State Department of Health, and several other nonprofits and um, healthcare organizations throughout the state that have been, um, you know, really helpful in vaccinating um, Tennesseans and providing that 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 option. that's sort of evolved over the last, I would say six to 10 months to really talk more about clinical trials and to do a lot of clinical trial education um, in communities, not necessarily just recruitment and enrollment, but also, hey, what is a clinical trial? Why do we need to care about them? And how are they impacting me? Um, but I think that they th these organizations are in every state. I'm not entirely sure. I'm really only involved in the Tennessee version, but I'm, I'm happy to ask. And maybe if there's a connection Yeah. to be made for any of you all, I'll be happy to. Yes, We please. have one in here in North Carolina also. Awesome. Grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good to know, Perla. Thank you. Um, Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's I'll definitely make that connection, get all that moving and going. And, I mean, also, you know, uh, it's very close down the road, so probably not. But, you know, in, uh, we, we're also having Save Our Sites Conference. This is, there's going to Yeah. be a big focus on the patient recruitment portion and more in-depth discuss, uh, discussions that normally, you know, don't get touched on uh, in certain, in certain areas. So, you know, uh, obviously we invite you guys to come as well, as well as you too, Perla, Thank you. if you, we'd love to have you there. I mean, I personally would love to meet you guys in person. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely, you know, everybody that's engaged in the community, everybody that is actively trying to show face and do something that is bringing of change, regardless of how big or how small and whatever part of the region of the U.S., um, you know, we, we invite to, you know, meet, to, to speak, to communicate, and again, to also help connect you as much as we possibly can. And uh, I mean, Perla, she's a, I mean, Perla, you're amazing. You've done so much for the community. Um, I'm always watching your posts and a huge advocate of you. Same. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yes. I'm honored that you're in, at my um, session. Look, I'm going to turn my camera on, but look, I didn't do my hair or nothing because Yeah. I didn't Oh, you're think good. I was going You're to be good. on camera. Do not worry. You're fine. I had it on my calendar. I'm in Eastern Standard Time and I had my calendar at 730. I've been sitting in my computer all day. I could have joined at seven, but um, No worries. There's technical. We had yeah, this issue no. before. We think it's the post up that's happening. We already, I mean, we don't know what's going on. It's tech stuff. So apologies for that. No problem. But yeah, this is something I'm very passionate about. And it's not just a job for me, right? It's it's more than that. So
Thank you. Yes. I know uh, I'm supposed to be on the committee. There's just so much happening. I, I told Monique that I, Monique, I, I just, there's not enough time of the day, right? Uh, like, well, but we haven't had a meeting yet. So yeah, I'm we like, haven't. Okay. It's been a oh, okay. No recent <laughs> meetings. Okay, great. That makes sense. I think it's, it's going to happen later next year. I understand. I believe yeah, yeah. so. The date's it's not happening. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> okay. it was going to happen this year right. in October right. or November. But mm -hmm. then they decided to push it out a year, but we still haven't even started planning that. So, right. Well, there you go, know. Will. If you guys. It's in February, are, right? Well, it was supposed no. to be in February. SOS is in February. Yeah. It's in oh, February okay. in Tucson. Yes, yes. But I mean, there's going to be a lot of huge, um, a lot of big names going to this event. So there's a lot of support um, on all ends, regulatory site ownership, all of those kinds of things, and even uh, new nuanced site owners. So again, if this is something that is of interest to you guys, not just on the recruiting end, but I mean, I highly yeah. suggest you guys should show. Um, but thank you so sure. much for being here today. Again, thank you so much for your flexibility, yeah. that issue that we had thank the you. other time around. Um, it was just really Thank you great. so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And we're going to definitely make yeah. sure to do that post and have that tag like Michael had requested. Um, and we'll make sure that Dan uh, adds that in because he's our behind the texting guy. Um, but yeah. we definitely need to come back and, and roll around uh, next year and just you know see where you guys are at. And um, maybe there's points of uh, uh, doing this again or some form of collaboration that we can do. Uh, anything again? Yeah, I'd really love to uh, to do this again. And um, if it's okay with you, I'm, I'm kind of working on a, a workshop for uh, for digital advertising for site owners and, and uh, marketers, recruiters. I think it'd be really helpful just so people are armed with that information when they're building outreach campaigns. I think it might might help um kind of get you get you over the line of that recruitment goal. Yeah, I mean anything yeah, that's 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 amazing. So thank you for doing that. Or, and also um media relations and PR, I think uh just knowing how to develop a relationship with your local press. Sorry my camera's so mm -hmm. shaky. Oh no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I'm just a huge advocate for for that. So would love to um share that with everyone. Yes, please yeah. um, send us a, um, an email. And you, yeah. I mean, you were on the email with Judy today. So do that. We'll also share that. We'll make an announcement um, on our membership because obviously, you know, if you, we could help sites and or community leaders to help better advance mm -hmm. themselves with that with patients. I mean, yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that um, not a lot of sites have a, a necessarily a dedicated marketing or mm -hmm. communications person. It's often um, a business owner or a doctor or a nurse who's kind of being shoehorned into this role, which mm -hmm. is, uh, I mean, this is a full-time job um, exactly. and it, arguably two full-time jobs. So if you, you just need to um, be able to, to be kind of dangerous in that area so that you, when, at least if you're talking to a vendor or a sponsor, um, you can have some, you know, have some points to bring up and maybe even increase your budget somehow. Yeah, you know, that could be a huge benefit. I mean, gosh, if we would have, uh, well, at least if Monica, because I, I, I don't know when you all met, but if we would have known that, you know, of, of you and the specialty, I mean, we would have definitely offered the opportunity to come uh, as a speaker on our social media portion for SOS, sure. Save Our Sites, because, um, again, what the full mission is to give back, right? Always give mm -hmm. and give what provides more. And so just the fact that you're offering this to people, uh, to organizations and sites, um, that's that's really huge. And that's what we we really love with uh, people and organizations that do that. So, cause it's not, it's not very often that we come around just giving, right? Uh, with no right. background intention or anything like that. So we're 
we're grateful for this. And obviously, um, you know, if, if we're able to attend, I'm happy to. And if it's, if it's, uh, I mean, super informative, I, I would definitely bring that back to our team. So maybe consider you guys for the following conference. Cause uh, I know sites would be. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm sure this is going to be the first of many save our sites conferences and looking forward to, to seeing how it goes and the planning for next year. And Perla, you, you mentioned this earlier, but you said it's sort of not just a job for you. It's really kind mm -hmm. of what your purpose is. And, you know, I've been in the industry, yeah. not near, you know, not, um, for a very You're long a lot time. younger than me. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that, you know, it's just something that I think is like now is the time um, to to really grow the, the clinical trial industry and make it what it should have been for this entire, uh, you know, the entire time. Yeah. Um, and somehow all of my interests have combined into this job that I did not even know about five wow. years ago. So it's really cool and really looking forward to to what happens next. And hopefully, you know, my background can be a benefit to somebody else. I'm sure definitely everybody, regardless of what background, even if people don't have a background, there's all, there's plenty of help to go around for people to make yeah. a difference. And that's again, why we do this platform. Um, our issue is manpower, right? There's just so much that's going on that Same. we can only yeah. do so much, but you know, sometimes that can definitely be, you know, something like a, a side end that makes us, you feel like, man, we should be doing more, but at least if we can do this platform, if we can do this podcast monthly, get people out there, get people connected and, you know, hopefully sure. it helps somebody, you know, we're happy to do that in the meantime. So we're very happy that you were able to come here today. Will. so happy to get to speak with you, Michael, appreciate it. Um, we are so excited to be able to provide this to our members. We will be emailing this out as well as posting it on social, also social media platforms, including LinkedIn, and it'll also be on YouTube. Um, so, you know, we're, we're excited and we hope you guys get, you know, uh, hit, people hit you up on the back end. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ashley. This. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys um, so much. We really appreciate everybody's attendance. And then again, Will, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah you, thanks Will. again, uh, Judy and, and Ashley. It's great to see you guys and um, hopefully see you soon. Thanks again for having us and um, looking forward to all the great things to come. For sure. Thank you. Happy thanks holidays. Thanks, thanks Happy everybody. Holidays. Bye.